Hello and welcome to the From Montana to Portugal podcast. I am your host, Janelle Holden, and today I am truly very excited. I We have been arranging this for a few weeks, my guest and I, and you are in for a real treat. So today I'm interviewing Marta Cancela, and Marta is a the co-owner of a publishing company. She's an editor. She's a writer. She is a teacher of languages, which she has started most recently. And she is fluent in, obviously, Portuguese, um, her second most fluent language, I guess. I'm not sure how I would say that. You can tell me. You can correct me there, Marta. Is um, French and then English. And then she's got um, other language skills as well, which we'll talk about here in a second. So I am super excited. I asked Marta to come and talk about Portuguese language and culture today since we've had a lovely exchange via email and I thought she would provide a lot of value to listeners. So welcome, Marta. Thank you for being here. Hi, welcome. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for this experience. And uh, well, here I am ready to, to explain and to answer to all your, que all your questions. And what, yes, so let's start with your last name. We were just having a fun discussion oh, about yeah. the meanings, the meanings of names. And I asked Marta to correct me about any pronunciations that I got wrong. And so she started to tell me a little bit about her name and what it means in Portuguese. So tell tell the listeners, if you wouldn't mind, Marta, if you wouldn't mind repeating that story, what does cancela mean in Portuguese? Okay, so it, Janelle said it perfectly. Cancela, and uh, well, it means gate. And I was joking about uh, the word gate because before computers, it meant gate. Of course, it means it means also to cancel. But now with computers, it it has it has a, a whole new world of significance because now people say cancel a lot. I mean, you know, a lot. And uh, it was fun how the last name. Is now is now a bit more popular, let's say, but it's just like English. Last names mean something. German, French, all languages. Last names mean something. The place you came from or your ancestor came from, uh, a craft, uh, a place, uh, uh, something particular about your family. Well, it's it's about the same thing. It's fun, I guess. <laughs> It is fun. And, you know, recently I was, I met a man who is not, I don't know if you would call it fluent, but knows Hebrew. He's mm. a, a Lutheran pastor here. And he was looking at my name and he said, oh, did you know that your first name means little Jane? So Jane L, the L, E-L-L-E -L -L -E means little Jane. And actually what it means is little John. My father's name is John. And so I had no idea until he told me that, that really and uh, and john i think means grace in in hebrew i it was interesting to find that out i thought oh here i my entire life i really didn't know what my name meant no but all, all names all names mean something and uh, your name not only it means uh, small john or small jane but yeah. in portuguese it just looks like the word we have for window so True. Uh, in Portuguese, window is janela. So uh, you have a very funny first name. 
<laughs> and I have to share this with you because uh, the first association we will make will be with window. So, but it's okay. It's okay. I know that Chanel means small Jane because it comes from Jane and then L, which means small. Okay. It's, it's okay. It's I think fun. it's hilarious that window is talking to gate. Yep. I mean, we're both. True, true. We have something in common, a building in common. We're going to build something. We always yes. have a gate and a window. Cool. Cool. Very cool. No, but besides all. Yeah, true. Because m many names, we just, we say them normally because uh, as we all know, a name, when a word, when it is repeated a lot, it loses a bit of its, its significance. So. Uh, we call people Rose, we call people Dawn, we call people lots of things. And when we, when we go back to the, the, the Greek names, the Hebrew names, the Roman names, well, we, when we say Philip, we are saying the one who likes horses. When they say Fabius, it's the one who likes broad beans. So, true, Fabius is the one who likes broad beans. So... All names mean something. Peter means rock. So it, it's quite funny. It's something I, I, I enjoy very much reading and learning about. Cool. Very cool. So I've looked at, we've looked at a couple places to potentially live in, well, many places across Portugal. We're, we're quite interested in the whole country. But I was looking at, and, yeah. and I would love for you to correct my pronunciation. Is it Guimarães? Guimarães. Guimarães. Okay. Oh, it's okay because I once was with some German German folks that said Gimersh, and I didn't understand what it was. So your pronunciation is far better than theirs. Getting close. Gimersh. Uh, okay. My question, and and this that is very interesting because I I'm I was wanting to ask you what are you looking for uh, because. Sometimes when you do 40 kilometers, and this, that's something you'll have to learn. So meters and liters and, okay, so yep. prepare yourself. The metric system. So, yep, yep. The whole world has it except, except for us some and guys the, And the Brits, I think, don't. Yeah. No, the Brits are half-half half yeah. now. Uh, they're changing. If, even in films and series, they already uh, use kilometers and what? They're changing. Anyway, uh, what are you looking for? Well, we're looking for, um, I'd say not the city experience because my husband is not, a, um, he doesn't like crowds per se. Um, I mean, he, he would prefer to live in the country. He'd prefer a more rural lifestyle. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I love, I love cities. I love rural life and I love national parks. We've always lived near national parks uh, in our we've always been fortunate to to be close to very beautiful nature um, places so nature is important to us which is part of why i was looking at northern portugal because of um and now i you are going to have to tell me how to pronounce it the um Giresh, um pineda jurish yes national park yes okay um, yes, yes. So the proximity okay. to that to that northern national park was interesting to me, as well as um, the uh, proximity that Nazare has to the ocean and the hundred foot waves Ooh. and everything. 
So. Okay, that that is a, a quite an, an interesting an interesting thing because America is enormous. It's huge. Yes. Same. And uh, we are very 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 small. And for us, something that is sixty kilometers away or almost ninety miles away, it's far away. You know, and you, we, we have learned from seeing films and and series, American films and series, we we learned that distances in the states are are the same, but they are smaller. You see what I mean? So people, I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm just making this up. They they work in one place and then they commute. 300 kilometers away and then they go back and for us that's that's something we cannot picture so if we were to live 300 kilometers away from where we where we work we would most most exp uh, we would just rent a room yeah. you see <laughs> it's far away for yeah. us when people when people live in Cascais or Sintra, and they, they, every day, they take the train, and they do 30 kilometers, wow, that's far away, where do you live? So, the distances here, you, you have to, with Portugal, you have to think small, very, very small, you know, small streets, small villages, uh, small places, uh, even Guimarães, Guimarães is small, uh, even in, in our concept. And I, I think that you would really enjoy uh, a place because for us Nazaré is south, Ingemarange is north, and you take a whole morning to get there. <laughs> so it's an idea of well, it's far away. It's far away. If you would say Braga, Guimarães, Vienna, okay, okay, it's near, it's near. But Nazaré, uh, okay, Guimarães. Well, I think that you're right about the nature. You're right about the green. You're right right about the national park. You're even right being near to Spain, to Galicia, um, and it's it's uh, it's a very very nice place to live. And I'm going to tell you a little secret that is going to make all the Portuguese that are listening to me angry. I think that people from the north of Portugal are the nicest we have. See. This is a secret. No one heard. Okay. Uh, it, this is my. I mean, I cannot. I cannot say that we don't have nice people everywhere because I feel. I know we do. I know we do. But they. They. You know. First, they. They seem a little bit. Um, well, they're suspicious. We are all very suspicious. We Portuguese. Very suspicious. We are not uh, a kind of people that uh, that make friends easily, easily. But when we make friends with someone, it's for life. So let's say that we have a, a sort of um, a testing period to be sure that we're going to invest in a friendship that is going to last and which is reciprocate. You see what I mean? Uh, we are. It's it's sometimes foreigners come and say, "Oh, it's very complicated Portuguese to to mingle with them and to be with them and to be invited and this and that." But it's true because we are a bit fussy 
about <laughs> the people we make friends with. It's, it's I appreciate that. I appreciate that about you. I think that it's important because who we spend time with, all our time is the most important thing we have, in my view, in our lifetimes. And yeah. who we spend time with is, and who we give that to is a real gift. So I would, given the number of, of foreigners and immigrants and people that come there, I would imagine that there's a fair amount of suspicion. And then the reason that I hear uh, expats say that that's the case as well is that you're also a very family-oriented culture, that most of your so social network is built into your, your families already. They come first. Yes, they come first. Yeah. And when you are, when someday you will come, I wish you will come, and you will settle, and I wish you will be settle and be happy. One day, when you will be invited in a family dinner or a family lunch, that's let's say the the top the top uh, the top demonstration of affection and of friendliness. So, if you're invited to a, a family party, if you're invited to lunch to dinner, well, it, it means okay, you're a friend, but. Be prepared that, well, here we, we have to look at things from two, two sides. Our side, which is, okay, I want to be friends with that person. Maybe she's not the right person. Maybe we don't like the same things. Maybe she is like this or like that. And, you know, like a puzzle. We don't adjust. That's our point of view. The foreigner's point of view is, mm, okay, so what shall I do? Shall, if I do this, will people think I'm being rude or inconvenient? Or uh, am I right in doing this thing? Or should I do that? Or what shall I do? I mean, shall I go to them and invite? Or should I just stay put and wait for them to make that first step? So it's quite hard. But the, the little, little piece of advice that I can give is always ask. Mm. We expect foreigners to, to not, not to be familiar with our social and cultural functioning. So ask, look, uh, I would like to invite you to, to have a cup of tea with me. Uh, should I do it? Do you, would you like it? Is it normal? Uh, am I being impolite? So just say things. It's, it's much easier. Or ask someone, of course, don't ask the person directly, but try to ask someone you, you, you have confidence in. And look, I, I, I would like very much to invite them for tea. Shall I? Uh, is it normal? Is it acceptable? Will they feel a little bit awkward about the invitation what shall i do or shall i just wait and see how things go i mean being i find it very funny because brazilians which have started to come to portugal in great great quantities um, they have a whole different approach to friendship mm. So they meet someone at the bus stop and the next thing they're having coffee or going to a barbecue together. With Portuguese, they say that we are strict. They say that we aren't friendly. They say that we are um, 
it isn't rude, it's just direct, direct people, you see. And they say, well, you know, you can see the same Portuguese person every day, every week, every month in the bus stop. You just say hello, she says hello, or he says hello. You chat a little bit and nothing more happens. But if one day, one day that person invites you, let's have a coffee. Okay, things are starting. But it's quite normal to do small talk. I know that Americans are quite quite good at small talk. We are too. Some people are, some people are less. But uh, we... We are well. We like it. We like it after starting on a certain age. We like a little bit of small talk. In the language lessons that I've taken thus far, what I really appreciated was that you expect people to say something polite. Let's say before I asked you for directions, I would come up to you and say "desculpa." Yes, "desculpa" is a possibility, but a good, uh, a normal "bon dia." So. With, like the French, like the French, the French have a, have a, let's say, a, a, a rule for politeness that people always have to say monsieur or madame. So they, they always start, start the contact with monsieur, madame, and then blah, 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 whatever they want. Here, we can start with school. So uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you something. Or... We can say bon dia, so good day. I'm going to ask you something. So just don't burst the question, you see. Say something first, just make making contact, saying, okay, I'm polite, I'm going to ask you something. But please ask us things. There, There is something that I find quite... Um, it makes me sad to see two tourists or three with their cell phone in their hands trying, looking, looking up, looking to the cell phone, looking up, looking to the cell phone, which means I don't know where I am. I don't know where I'm going. And I, I'm trying to find desperately the way to, to go where I want to go. But I'm not going to ask anyone because in my country, in my culture, it is rude to ask people for directions. It is rude to interrupt someone. It is rude to ask a passerby where is this or how can I go this here or there but here no people just people see that you're in distress and they go and save you and it is quite common that they'll change their own way to make sure that you go the right way no it's 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 true it's true wonderful that's a definitely a different experience from our culture I think there's a lot of pride in our culture in the sense of not knowing something, admitting that you might be Mm -hmm. ignorant about something or you're uneducated about something or you're unable to navigate on your own is a source of um, admitting a a failure. It's it's a weakness. It's a weakness. And so for us, it feels like usually in the marriage, there's one person uh, who's willing to go and ask for directions. And the other person is like, oh, no, please don't show anyone that we're this stupid. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> no, that's stupid. Just it's it's normal. I mean, sometimes just moving, moving to the next country. And it, it's I know that 
thinking about the United States. I mean, you're bigger than all Europe. So it's hard, it's hard for me. Um, it's not hard. So it's easy for me to imagine how hard it is for an American to understand that we do 100 kilometers and we change the country, change culture, culture, change language, uh, change habits, change everything. So it's hard. I believe it is hard for an American, which goes through one state, another state, another state, and they all speak English and they all have the same kind of um, cultural uh, marks. And uh, okay, it's all, it's all, it's it's easy. And then here we change. We go to Spain. Okay, they speak Spanish and they have lunch at three o'clock, and then they're noisy. And then we go to France, and they have lunch at six o'clock. Uh, excuse me, uh, dinner at six o'clock, and they speak French. And then you have to say bonjour and uh, monsieur and this and that. And then you go to Italy; they're loud again. And you see, and even in the same country, from region to region, things change. You you've already been to Portugal? I have not. Believe it or not. Okay. Okay. So if in this very, very small country, which has across 600 kilometers and north-south about 800, 900 something, you will see that the landscape changes at about each 100 kilometers, the landscape changes. Mm-hmm. The landscape changes. It's, 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 it's amazing how it happens. I mean, we just notice it because we are alert to to these kind of things. It changes, and people don't change. But the the, the you you had a, um, a comment. If we have accents, oh yeah, we do. But we understand each other. Okay. Uh, yes, I can. I can just by hearing. I can know that if someone is from the north or from the Alentejo or from the south. Yes. Or from the islands. Oh God, the islands. Oh God, the islands. Oh! The islands. Madeira, Madeira. They they speak. It it's quite quite fun. I like languages, as you know, and it's quite fun because some sounds here in the continent, in the continent, like they say, have changed. And uh, uh, for example, they say u, which is the French u, and we don't say u anymore. We say u. So, ooh, yes, but if you go to Funchal or to the Açores, to São Miguel, they say ooh. So it's, it's quite fun. Like if the, the language had crystallized, if we can say like this, at some point, not evolving at the same time as the rest of the country. But yes, we can say if someone comes from the islands, north, south, everything. Just like never forget that London has. Each neighborhood has an accent. Each neighborhood, say, they, they, can, they can identify each other just by the way they talk. So it's, it's huge. France has lots of accents. Spain has languages also. More than accents, they have languages. They have Catalan, they have Galician, they have the Basque, which no one knows what it means or where it comes from. It's like Finnish. It's, it's some bizarre mixture of grammar and vocabulary so it's true a Hungarian same thing some languages are yeah that's funny 
I'm going to be interviewing um, a Finnish man and his American wife mm -hmm. on the podcast next. Who um, she comes from Montana, and I want to ask them about learning Finnish. It's it's quite fun because one of the important things if you want to learn Portuguese, not by immersion, is to try to to get some of our television or our films because as you know we don't we have subtitles except for pro, uh, films and things for children everything else has subtitles and we are privileged because we listen to the real voice of all actors the real voice the real language and we had um, some months ago i could see in cable tv a series uh a police series that was from Finland. And then I was, yes, I was completely, you know, excited of listening to Finnish. And I found that they use many, many English words. Many English words. I wasn't expecting that. So it was quite fun to, to, to listen to Finnish. And I, I even managed to, to know one or two words but now i of course when we say this we always forget them it's it's a lot yes true it's a lot what i love what you've said thus far you said it many times that languages are fun yes and i want to repeat it because i think for people who want to learn portuguese like myself um i find languages fun too i have a degree in english i mean I, and studied german a little bit of spanish uh and but I'm not fluent in either of them, but I, I had a lot of fun. And in fact, I asked um, in college for a class on etymology because I really enjoyed learning about the roots of words and where they came from. And I used to listen to, on NPR, there was a, a woman in Montana who would do a show called Christy the Wordsmith, and she would go through the history of unusual phrases or unusual words and it was a minute or two each morning and I'd learn something new and it was so much fun. So the word fun I think is interesting because a lot of people feel intimidated by languages, meaning they, 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 they worry about will I get it right, am I going to communicate properly and I think I would love to convey to people just how much you're having fun with languages and how much that could probably help people if they're learning languages. At least that's my assumption. I, I even have something more radical. I even believe that making mistakes is the best thing you, have to, you can do when you are learning something. Because when you make a mistake, you can learn from it, you can learn why you did it, or you can just learn something very sad but it's it's very true in portuguese and in english and in all languages people ask oh but shouldn't this be ah uh? but i've said b no no it's just ah uh. you have to say ah uh, because it's like this oh but all the grammar cases say it's b too bad this is ah uh, so just say it and i find i find it quite fun because i love etymology i love knowing the 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 history of words, and I love the fact that um, a language is like the genealogy in a family. So, you, we, Portuguese, French, Romanian, Italian, and Spanish, we all mm -hmm. came from the same 
stem, which is Latin. Great. And we all evolved, each one in each direction, having some things in common. And we don't understand each other, but we understand a bit each other. So it's quite fun. For example, I mean, a Dutch person would understand a German person, more or less, and less an English person uh, speaking, of course, I'm speaking of languages. Then, um, and then languages also evolve in, in a different way. For example, I've seen many videos in which Americans fail to understand British English. Oh, your English is so good. Where have you learned it? And people just open wide, open their eyes quite wide, and they say, look, I'm, I'm speaking English. I'm English. Oh, no, come on. You didn't know. Where did you learn it? And they do that with Australians, with British people, with New Zealanders. So it's, 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 it's amazing. And they listen to me. Oh, no, come on. Your English is so good. Nah, you don't speak English. I mean, I say, yes, you, you Americans, you speak English because we did first speak English, you know. <laughs> And, and it's, it's quite fun to see these uh, sad things that make you smile. And then, for example, Brazilian Portuguese and, and uh, European Portuguese is exactly the same thing that happened with British English or British English, right? And American English. So they go each one, each day, each month, each year, each decade going a little bit further apart, but still at the point in which people understand each other. So it's, it, I love this about languages. And something I really enjoy is seeing how words, the same word that came from the same Latin word, acquired different significance or significations. Excuse me. English sometimes it's... <clears throat> No, you're, you're actually you're right. Different significance. Yeah. Thank you. Um, because it's the the technical word is significance, but then I was afraid that in English it wouldn't be like that. So good. Like for example, when you say, if I say morbid mm -hmm. in English, you know it has to do with death, death. something that's very um, death-like. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in Portuguese, morbido means also morbid. Cool, fine, okay. But in Italian, do you know what morbido means? No. Fluffy, <laughs> soft. <laughs> True. If, if I say that uh, this pillow is morbido, it means it's fluffy, it's soft. That's a, a very good example. But uh, uh, an even, even more fun example, it's sinister. Mm. Something creepy. Yes. Sinister, okay. In Portuguese, sinistro. So it's also sinister. It's creepy. It's mm, okay. Something you want to avoid. But how do you say left in Italian? Sinistra. True. Destra. Right. Sinistra. So I, I love this this kind of history of words. How words change. How words mean something quite different. Or false friends. False friends are a plague. False friends are super dangerous, super dangerous. 
And the more I, I teach Portuguese for, uh, to French-speaking people, the more I learn about false friends or words that we say, oh, no, the translation is just, just like this. No, it isn't. The meaning is completely different, and the word is the same, the same. So this is something I love. A language, a culture, a language has words that go according to the culture, the needs of the culture, that express feelings and things and uh, what you need in your culture. So it's, it's amazing. It's quite amazing. I think I asked you this in our email correspondence, but I don't know if I put it in the questions, but I was listening to a Native American talk about his language Cree, and he, he also, he lives in Canada, and um, it's a French-speaking nation as well, and he was talking about how English is the language of science, and to him, and uh, French is the language of romance to him, and Cree is the language of laughter, <laughs> because whenever he would speak Cree to his family, all, they would just be laughing all the time. It was just funny. It's a funny language. So I'm curious what you think, if you were to describe Portuguese in that sort of terms, is Portuguese romantic? Is it direct? We, 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 like, to, we like to say that we are a country of poets. Uh, very strangely, very strangely, poetry is the subject that is the, last, the least sold in, uh, in um, bookshops. So we like to say that because we had we had some quite important poets. I mean, Shakespeare was a poet too, but well, uh, I don't know. People like to say that, but I don't. I don't think. I think Portuguese is is a beautiful language when it is sung. With the the sound it 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 has when you sing it, it's quite different from the sound you hear when we speak it when we speak it you listen to oh, sh, 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 sh. i know yes i know it's like this okay i know once once i was in a train going to frankfurt and i was with a group of portuguese when i was young so a long time ago uh, and uh, we were speaking portuguese of course and uh german German man came and asked if we were speaking Polish, and I said no, it's Portuguese. Portuguese, <gasps> strange. We had to show him our passports. He wouldn't believe us, so that's what we did. We showed him his pa our passports because it sounds like a Slav, a, a Slavic language. It has lots of shoe sounds and. We have this terrible habit of, you know, taking a word and compressing it and, uh, you know, saying a little bit of thing and then doing like, a, you know, pressing it hard. And, well, something comes out which is not quite like the, the word we've written. The French, for example, now have a habit of cutting words in half. French say the first part of the word and then they don't say the rest. And it's a, it's a, it's a modern habit they found. They do it for everything, for mathematics, they say math, philosophy, they say philo, and the restaurant is rest. That's really interesting because 
even how are you? And so I was going to start this podcast and then I chickened out, meaning I was going to start this podcast trying to speak the tiniest bit of Portuguese to you, um, which would, would be hola Marta, bom dia, hola Marta, and then to ask you, how are you? And I was, and I was going to say, Comstash. And then I'm like, oh, but I don't know. Did I get that right? It's cool. No, yeah. it's, it's, it's perfect. Comstash. I mean, we, uh, and, and something else about, about us Portuguese, we are completely, I, I, I cannot find an adjective for this. We, we are, we are always mm, wowed, allow me when a foreigner speaks Portuguese, because we are very, very conscious about the, not about how difficult it is to speak and to understand, mm-hmm. not to read, because if you have some Latin basis, you can understand what's written. Span- the, the Spaniards, they say they can read per- Portuguese perfectly, and we can read Spanish perfectly. But when we start speaking, then they don't understand a word. Uh, even yes, we don't do it on purpose. I mean, I've I've read some some theories about uh, about uh, speaking very fast that uh, were a strategy against the Napoleonic tro- troops, uh, the army. They didn't want us to understand them. Blah blah blah. I think it's a little bit far fetched because when you listen to French normal French people speaking, it's it's. It's very, very fast. The Spanish, oh, come on. So all languages yeah. speak as fast as they can, as long as they're understood. It's quite, yeah. quite normal. Quite well, normal. I'm, a, I'm a classical singer, and I've sung in a lot of different languages. So I want to get back to the beauty of Portuguese in song, because I hadn't thought about that. I've listened to some Fado, but I haven't Ooh. really listened to Portuguese songs per se. French is very difficult for me, and I think a lot of American singers to sing. Uh, it's 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 not nearly as easy as Italian. Italian is the easiest language to sing classical music in. German isn't bad. It's, <laughs> it's you know, a little bit. It it's has hard. the U's and the sh, right? Yeah. <laughs> But you can really get into it. You can really dramatize German. You know, it, it's got it, it's got its ger- German drama. It's Saxon um, too, anyway. It's Saxon. Yes. It's also German. Yeah, German. but French was always very difficult for me to to sing in, and I know a very tiniest amount of, of French. My husband learned French um, in high school and college, and so he speaks to me a little bit, but. But it's interesting how different languages are in song from speaking. Mm-hmm. So True. do you have any suggestions for people who want to hear Portuguese in song? Is it Fado is it, or is it something no. else? Well, first, first, uh, I have to, I have to, to say something. Fado is a traditional Portuguese song and it's an important song and before Portugal became as popular as this, Fado only existed in two cities, Lisbon and Coimbra. Mm-hmm. And the Fado in Coimbra was more of serenades by students to 
their girlfriends and song songs about uh, love love normally songs about love that doesn't end well you know and uh, then Fado which is, was already very touristy very touristy I mean please if you come to Lisbon and you're checking for Fado for listening to Fado uh, don't go to touristy places never if you want to eat good Portuguese food flee any restaurant with photographs on the menu okay <laughs> means it means this is prepared for tourists tourists don't understand what's written so we'll give them a picture so this is a very important thing and as 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 i'm going back to father in a minute but yeah. as someone who lives in lisbon i'm completely hating to go downtown because we cannot find Portuguese people, and I don't understand why tourists come to a city to see other tourists. I don't either. I don't understand it's, that either. It's becoming a theme park, and, mm -hmm. and tourists, I mean, we have lots of interesting things. We have the weather, we have this, the, the, the river, we have even strolling around and going, I mean, knowing the city, but... When you just meet tourists, it feels funny. And many tourists don't have the, the courage to step outside the, 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 the guides, the map, the map, the guides. I mean, okay, let's have a checklist. Torre de Blain, check. Geronimo, check. Marquês Pombal, check. So they don't know the real Portuguese people. Mm -hmm. or the real Lisbon people. Well, going back mm -hmm. to Fado again. So this is just mm -hmm. a, a small rant. I have some. This is one of I, my... I, wanna, I, I definitely want to talk about that again because okay. that's, that's a rant of mine as well uh, in traveling, and that's part of why we want to live in, in well, northern Portugal. Yep. Yep. The most real people you will find, the most genuine, the most... Well, it's... It's diff it's they're different. They're different in a good sense. They'll give you their shirt if you have none. So it, they're very, very generous. I, I well, I'll explain you later why I say this, but just ending the, the father explanation. So we have lots of types of songs like Americans do. So we have people who do let's say pop songs, rap songs in Portuguese. Uh, love songs, all kinds of all kinds of old genres. I think you say like this, of music, and Fado is just one of them. But Fado is so particular, so, so particular to us that people just they they may think they may think that we all sing Fado and we all listen to Fado. It's very easy to find a Portuguese person that doesn't like Fado. Yes, true. It's very easy to find them if if you ask. My my sons, you know, uh, do you like father? Well, if I have, I'll listen if I have to, but they'll not choose. They won't choose it. You see, so you you have to let. How can I say this? You have to to diminish the importance importance of father. Mm -hmm. But if you come here and listen to father. Never, never go to tourist traps. Never go to a place in which you have a pack of dinner and fado. Never, never. So if you want to listen, 
True, if you want to listen to real fado, uh, there are some places which don't... And, and, and also, this is quite complicated, because also fado in itself, in itself, it has many divisions, many types, many, many types. We have fado that is singing famous poems from famous poets. We have fado which is popular, which has very simple rhymes. We have the fado which is funny. We have the fado which is sad. So, you know, sad love songs, you know. So some types, many types inside fado itself. Maybe maybe if I find, a, I think I've, I can find a site that you can also translate because please don't just listen to Fado. Just don't. Because we have so many beautiful music, even folk music, folklore, many things, many songs that are just songs that are have double sense double sense songs, you know, you say something and you mean something else. And everybody understands the something else without seeing without saying it or without uh, using rude words or or you know it's it's a world it's a world i mean if you dig a little bit in in our culture you start with the food and then you have the songs and then you have the traditions and then you have mm, history and well it's it's it has a lot a lot a lot to explore and and after I'm, not, I'm just going to to end this this uh, this thought. If you really are looking for a place which isn't very very hot, which has lots of green, which has lots of let's say forests to to roam around, if you need a, a culture bath, like we say, you go to Porto or to Braga. Braga is is now filled with um, people it's it's quite a, a busy a busy city so if you could find a nice little house uh, with a nice little garden in a nice little village uh, that has the supermarket and the coffee and maybe a hairdresser and then you have a car and you go everywhere else it would be perfect for you oh. and if you don't need people to be around you all the time we don't. Yeah. That yeah. that's exactly actually what I've been what we've been imagining. And mm -hmm. we've interestingly other immigrants, I'll call them, mm -hmm. or people who are moving to Portugal from America say, but what about healthcare? And I, Oh I come think, on. Yeah. Exactly. Your healthcare, it's 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 heaven. <laughs> it's heaven. Yeah. That's what I think too. So I, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm not in, intimidated by that at all. No. I'm very excited no. to the, what I think the word that comes to mind that encapsulates a lot of what you've shared is diverse diversity. There's a diversity of landscape. There's a diversity of music. There's a diversity of ways of speaking Portuguese, everything. There's so many different ways. And that's, and the other word that comes to mind is rich. It's, it's rich. It's, there's so much there to learn from in a small place, mm -hmm. which I find very exciting. Uh, you'll be fine here. You'll be fine here. True. True. Because one of the fun, one of the funny things that many Americans say when they, 
when they move here is that they all the all the diversity of food you have in the states mexican food thai food chinese food french food italian food i mean where is the american food apart from the hamburger and even hamburger comes from hamburg which is in germany so and true and they say pizza was invented by americans but we don't know anyway it sounds italian and pasta sounds italian so Uh, barbecues, yes, we have them too. Uh, what people say is that they cannot find specific brands of food, specific, all the variety you have. And one, one thing I remember a long time ago, I don't know, we have a supermarket here which is called Lidl, L-I-D-L. Um, and it, it's from, it comes from Germany as well as Aldi, A-L-D-I. Anyway, I'm not I'm not doing the any any marketing in in their favor but I'm just saying something that I felt quite important to me when they opened now they've changed but when they opened you had you wanted sugar sugar you wanted flour flour you wanted uh, um I don't know wine wine so they didn't have 30 types of flour to choose from They had two or three, like we do. Two or three types of sugar. So white sugar, brown sugar, and sugar something. So and it was it was heaven to, to, to go shopping there because I want sugar. Okay, here's sugar. I want flour. Here's flour. So it was great. You see, it was great. Now, of course, they have lots of their own brands, and they have some of the most famous brands because people look for them it's true but it was it at, at the beginning it was great and they had the concept that they had the boxes in which things came they just opened the box around and people just picked things from the box when the box was empty they went and picked another one and they had no no traditional shelves in which they had to take the things out of the boxes and put them on the shelf no the shelf had the box where things came So it was it was a great concept. Of course, they 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 managed they managed it a little. It's it's a bit more let's say um, less less rustic if we can say like this less raw. But it it was great. We wanted sugar. Okay, there's sugar. Spaghetti. Okay, spaghetti. How many brands? One brand. So spaghetti is spaghetti. Good. And what is this butter? Okay, here's butter. So it was it was milk milk. So it was it was great at the beginning. Anyway, now things have changed, but uh, you will find. And and I have some I have some notes they had that I have been collecting from many uh, YouTube channels, mostly YouTube channels because they're easy to listen to and to take some notes when I'm ironing, for example, or doing some things that are quite household stuff. Well. And um, Americans, the problem I find is it happens with all nationalities, but Americans decide to leave America for many reasons. But then it's, it's, it's very hard to accept that things are different. In, when you go to Europe, you have to think that each country, each 
very small country comparing to the states. It's not even a state. It's a different concept. It's a different language, different habits, different food. The Spanish don't eat as we do. They don't eat what we do. So, you see, it's, it's, it's hard to understand that you, you travel 100 miles and people just don't eat the same at the same time. The bread is different. The, 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 the way you cook is different. It's, 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 it, you have to, to, change, to really change your mindset and be prepared to accept and to adapt. I mean, I think that those are the, the two most important verbs, accept and adapt. And if you don't accept, if you don't adapt, you have to be humble enough to say, okay, this isn't for me, I was wrong, I had a different idea, I had different expectations, and I was wrong to, to, to feed my expectations. So, so it's important to know, first, what you're looking for. Uh, it's very important before, before you purchase, please, please come and see. Don't purchase from afar. Yeah, we will not be purchasing. We are not purchasing from afar for sure. We're we're renting. Yes, yes, please, please do rent first. Do rent first. Some people do the big, big mistake of buying. Buying, our concept of buying is not the American concept of buying. A, a, very, a very simple example. Americans buy, 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 and then they return, 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 return. We don't. When a Portuguese person goes in a shop and buys, uh, I don't know, a hat, she's looking for that hat. She has chosen that hat after seeing 20 hats, or she's, or she's buying by impulse, it happens too, but never in her mind is she going to return it the next day. So it isn't, it isn't a habit here. And if you buy, I don't know, even books, I mean, everything, you only buy, I mean, not everybody, of course, but most people, when you're going to buy something, it's because you really need that thing. You have chosen that thing among many others. You have compared prices. You have compared performances. You have uh, compared shops. So no one returns things except if they are broken, except if they don't do what they said they did, or except if uh, you're not satisfied with the result. I'm, I'm, sick, I'm speaking of household appliances or coffee machine or something like that. So when I'm going to buy a coffee machine, my idea is never to return it. I'm going to buy the right coffee machine and if I return it, it's because something went very, very, very wrong. So the, consu the, the consumer service in the States, in which you say the client is always right. Here, the client is always right, but he has to prove it. Yeah, he has to have proof. He has to prove it. Yeah. You see? Yes. Okay, look, I've bought this from you. I've bought this, uh, this, this computer, and it doesn't work like this or like that. So I want to return it. Many times, no questions are asked. You just return it. Mm. But it's not a common practice. Mm -hmm. People don't buy things to return them the next day. 
So it's it's hard to explain, but these are the very, very little things, the unseen things of our culture. Yeah. For example, Brazilians come here with a culture of, I don't know how do you say it, but they buy things and they pay each month a little bit. Oh, um, installments is how we would call it. Yes. They pay in installments. Yes. Yeah, that's the right word. Because I know the word, but I didn't remember it. So they are used to buy anything with installments. Even clothes, hmm. clothes and shoes and, and, and everything with installments. And they get here and they have a shock because when I decide to buy my washing machine, it's because I have the needed euros to buy my washing machine. And if I have to wait one more month to have enough money to buy my washing machine, I will wait. Mm-hmm. And then I'll buy it and I'll pay it and it's mine. Yeah. The only things we the only things we we have loans for are houses, apartments, I mean mm-hmm. or cars mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's not a good idea for cars because you pay three times the price of the car <laughs> and you don't have to. And we don't have we don't have any problems in reusing things, using clothes that come from the neighbor, from the neighbor's son, from my cousin, from my aunt. It, it's it's a different concept. It's more about being than having, mm. you see. I'm so excited it's, for it's, that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's, hard, it's hard to explain, but uh, I, I, listen, I listen to, to YouTube channels in which people come with containers, and, and it's so simple to just buy what you like and what you need here mm. instead of trying to bring everything. And at the end of the day, they're just things. I mean, some things are special things, okay. But things, a sofa is a sofa, and a bed is a bed. So it's 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 quite uh, different. It's a quite, it, and this is European. It's not only Portuguese. This is very European. Yeah. Things are used. For example, I, I learned. I didn't know it, but I learned that it is normal in the states for kids to buy a completely new wardrobe each time they start the school year. Yes, that's normal. Unthinkable here. Mm. So your clothes, until they fit you, you'll use them. Right. Okay? Yes. Unless they have holes or they are stained. But you keep using things. You keep washing and using, using and washing, and then you give them to, to your small cousins. And it's it's a completely different concept. It's... It's a wonderful know. concept. It's one that I can certainly embrace. Reduce waste. Reduce waste. I, I, I well, I was, um, I was born when my parents were a bit old mm. by the, the standards of last century. Right. And uh, I, I remember that I, I, I enjoyed a lot speaking with old aunts and Mostly aunts because the uncles all died a bit young. So I had lots of ladies in the family, old ladies in the family, like a clan, you know, great. And um, I was, once I remember, I was speaking with one of them and I said, what did you do to, to, to trash, to garbage? And she said, we didn't have garbage because we, uh, I mean, the rest of the food was given to the animals. Mm-hmm. The the raw food was was um, given to feed the chicken and the dogs and the pigs and all the animals. 
and then uh, old wood was burned, old metal just went rusty and disappeared, and I thought, and then after that conversation, and old clothes become rags and rags were burned at the end, so they had no, there was no rubbish, no waste, no nothing. And then I thought, where, where was the big difference? When did we start to produce all, all this waste? And then I came to what we all know, plastic. Mm, yeah. Even yeah. knowing that plastic is recyclable, recyclable, we, uh, plastic is really the turning point of the waste. Until then, things were used until the end. And everything was natural, so everything was naturally recyclable. And then we invented with chemicals, we invented plastic, and plastic is great. Uh, yes, it is. It is a great material, but we didn't, we didn't start the recycling process at, at the right moment. Mm. We waited until it was a problem to find out that it could be recyclable. It's, it's, I mean, we recycle glass, we recycle paper, and now we recycle plastics, but we let, we have let the earth be filled with old plastics everywhere before saying, whoa, we've done, it's too much. Because we see it. Janelle, because we see it. And, and, and our problem with, with waste, with uh, rubbish, or whatever we can call it in, in English, in your English, the problem with, with waste is when we see it. Because if we take tons and tons of rubbish and we bury it and we get some dirt on it, okay, problem solved. Wrong. The problem is when we see it. You see what I mean? I appreciate this conversation so much because what I'm getting out of it too is that even though we may have different first languages, meaning I, my first language is English and your first language is Portuguese and we live far away, that we share a lot in the, in the same values, human values, which um, is important, I think, in building relationships. So I, I appreciate your time so much, Marta, and I want to end by just telling people that um, the beauty of the conversation that I've been having with Marta via email, we've talked about doing a series of these because there's so much that could be shared with people about the Portuguese culture, especially if you're looking at coming there um, to move there or to, to visit as a tourist, that would make your experience, I believe, a lot more rich and um, interesting. Um, and it, hopefully you'll stay out of the touristy fado uh, restaurants um, as well. And so Marta and I are going to keep discussing that, how we might offer some more edu educational opportunities to people either through Substack or through some other form. And I just want to say how much I appreciate Obrigada, Marta. Uh, <laughs> your time and your knowledge and your wisdom, it's such a treat. And I'm sure so many people are going to love this episode and love learning about language and the Portuguese culture. Uh, uh, for many Americans who are looking to go over there, we, we want... We want to be liked and accepted, and we want to know the rules and how we can, you know, learn more. And I think maybe one thing that I can say is ask questions and be direct, mm -hmm. and don't worry about how it's going to be received. Just, just try to try your best and yeah. be willing to make mistakes. I believe that foreigners here are in a permanent state of grace. 
if they are polite and if they oh. if they respect i mean they can it, it's great it's great to be a foreigner here true and thank you very much janelle it was a huge pleasure it was great and uh yes i have a lot more to explain about our culture our names how our streets work postcodes and things that belong to everyday life that people don't talk about when when they when they share information about the country a new country really a new country new concepts new new ways of thinking believe me mindset is everything the mindset you have okay so um, for listeners who want to follow along more, feel free to subscribe. You're welcome to come to my Substack page, which is janelleholden.substack.com. And uh, hopefully you'll be seeing more uh, collaborations with Marta. And I'm just super excited. So I'm going to um, close this off. Please stay here, Marta. I'm just going to stop the recording and we can chat on. But uh, appreciate everybody listening and hope to see you over on Substack. <laughs>